This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Do the show, bitch. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Try to say this nicely. When you look at Ben, Paul, and me, it doesn't scream athlete. I know you fat bastards want to eat some of this. With Ben Higgins. Go to hell, pro sports. Stephen Woods. <laughs> that was incredible. And Paul Rindo. All right. Get ready, tier ones. Oh. It's Ben and Woods. Finally the chance for somebody to get on and do some good sports talk radio. On 97.3 The Fan. Good morning, everybody. Do the show, bitch. All right, my friends, we are halfway home on what's been a very spicy Tuesday here on uh, on the program, as it were. Jalapeno, habanero, just ghost mixed, peppers. Mixed, are we going all the way? Mixed together. All of them in a blender. Yeah. One chip challenge. Yeah. Oh. You're sweating again. I am. I've, I, I wonder if um, I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle, executive producer, Aztec alum. Uh, by the way, Benjamin Higgins, Aztec supporter and friendly neighborhood sports anchor, joins us as well. Is uh, is me- like menopause a real thing? Because you guys in the in have seen me. We worked together almost six years now. When we first started, I would do the entire show in a hoodie, frozen to the core, <laughs> uh, j- leggings, s- long sleeve shirt, hoodie. Now I'm pitting out every single. I wonder you've day. kind of bulked up a little bit, muscle wise. I mean, you've been going to the gym a yeah. lot. I wonder if just the added musculature is affecting your your body chemistry. Is that a, is that a real thing? I don't know. I'm is not it a hormones? What is I, it? I'm not a doctor. I got I got requested to interview as if, as if I'm some sort of medical expert, which well, is going to you be have to do it. Weird. Um, no, who, it's. Uh, wait, wait. So uh, yeah, fill me in. So, uh, friend Will Carroll, who covers injuries for baseball and other sports, met him at the winter meetings here in San Diego a few years ago. Okay. Followed him for a long we've time. Had him on the show, yeah, we've had him on the show. He's got a friend, um, Will Carroll, totally. Yeah, he's got a friend who's working on. Let's see, what is it? It's a. Um, he's been a member of the baseball community. Specializes in arm development, injury prevention via arm care and approach to throwing. Yeah, and he's interested in my perspective as the grandson of Doctor Robert Curlin. Oh. You know, and the Curlin joke because he's done a lot of things with their their clinic, and just wanted to ask me a few questions. But I don't know that I have any. I don't know that I have any answers for him. I never studied. I I'm related to him, but I never studied medicine. I never <laughs> under him. I went. I didn't. I I didn't get a tutelage at his knee. Now, Ben, here's what care, you do: care when? for uh, Sandy Koufax's arm when I was <laughs> when I was uh, a kid. So I'm not sure what kind of insight I'm going to be able to um to add to his research. I mean. You have to do this, though. Yeah, I mean... Did you write him back and say, why do you want to He says, the reason talk- I'm reaching out to you is because I'm currently doing research on an article, including some suggestions, adaptations to the current return to throwing program protocols, rehabilitation. Uh, I would talk to Dr. Yoakum at your grandfather's clinic. This is for an article that has to do sourcing with the origin of the return to throwing program. I'd be beyond grateful to ask you a few questions. What you may know or recall from your grandfather's experience. So, I mean, just what I remember. Okay. But I don't know that I remember enough or was, I mean, I was, you know, I was like, you know, four, you know, four years old when he like was asking, kind of in his prime, Bo. Uh, you know, <laughs> treating the top athletes in the world. And I, I certainly got to meet him and cheer for them, but I wasn't really in the exam room or, 
you know, around the operating theater at the time. You so. know, I heard Sandy Koufax's arm. It sounded like a rubber band when he <laughs> would pull it back. So we knew, my grandfather and I, we knew something. Can you even throw? That's another question. He wants to talk to you. Can about, I throw? Yes. I haven't done it in a long time. I mean, I was a pitcher growing up. I remember my arm being sore sometimes, right. but never I mean, got to the point where I needed any surgery or anything. Well, I just because I wonder, like, am I, what's, I'm, is my body changing? Would you like me to diagnose you? Is that what you're kind saying? Kind of, yeah, I'm doctor. I would like you to. I need to, a stethoscope. I read something recently, too. I'm sure you guys. <laughs> doctor this morning? <laughs> you, yeah, perfect. You guys are on Instagram as well. Turning cough. Have you been seeing the ads for the ice baths? They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Musgrove has one that you can buy with. Like cold tubs. Yeah, like the ice tubs, the ice baths. So I, I'm i also I'm very susceptible to buying things off the internet. I have not, just for the record, I have not bought an ice bath yet. Okay? Yet. I like the idea of working out, then recovering and feeling better after. But I'm also, I just read a study, Ben, that they say not now ice is bad for you. So I don't know what to think anymore. Well, if there's even a chance it's bad for you, the fact that it is undeniably unpleasant really kind of turns you south on the entire process of the ice bath. So I read that study. I I went, oh, thank God I didn't buy one. I need to know that, okay, ice baths are absolutely the best possible thing you can do. You're never going to be in pain again. You're going to live to be 115 years old only if you get in an ice bath. Then maybe I'd get in. But if there's any doubt about the research on this, I don't want to try it. I hate getting in icy cold water. When we go I to, hate it. When we go to fantasy camp, they've got the cold tub and the hot tub. So the reason why I, I tend to kind of believe it is because everybody uses it. I think all athletes, they use it. But they said if you're lifting weights a lot and you get into the ice bath, it will constrict your muscles, which is not what you want. You don't want them constricted. You want the blood flowing through Constricts everything. Right, yeah. It really does constrict everything. And they say, well, you know, they used to say stay in there for 20 minutes or so. Now you only need six to eight minutes. I can't sit in there. I sit in there for 10 seconds, and then I jump right back into the hot tub. I don't think that helps at all. Ed says it releases endorphins. I did read a lot, like, do you ever in the morning... Is that well, what they're guys, called? Yeah. The excruciating pain and yeah. discomfort is endorphins, huh? <laughs> you guys don't shower in the morning. So every now and then, if I'm very, very tired or... Cold shower? I Not cold shower. Normal, hot shower, wash myself, bathe myself, and then for 10 seconds, turn it down and just... Whew, and I get out and I feel great. Like mentally, it really, really helps. But I can't bring myself to put an actual ice bath in my backyard. Also, I got to stop by the Chevron every day, get six bags of ice, <laughs> dump it in there. Well, like, I thought this new ice bath like made no, the, the no, water it's not like cold an ice machine. Bloop, We're just bloop. talking about a plastic I mean, tub. It's basically twenty three. It's you basically think. a tub. It's basically a tub, and I think I think it will keep for a couple days or whatever. But I think you do have to replenish the ice after a while. But, Saw a video yesterday of uh, Steve-O. Was doing an interview yeah. while having cupping done on his back. Yeah, I've done I've, cupping. I've never had that. It's great. And I don't know if it works, but it feels pretty the good. The person that was doing the cupping said, like, because he was in pain, and they're like, you're going to be a little sore after this, but you are going to have the best night's sleep you've ever had. And I was like, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty good. That's I've, where they like, put a 
cup. bulb on your back and then yeah. light a candle above it and like this... I don't know that there's a candle. Oh, I, th- I thought there was like Mm-mm. a candle involved. No, in that's something no, they, weird you do in your bedroom. They pull. They just kind of. It's supposed to like pull the toxins out. of I don't know how much any of this stuff actually <laughs> works, but I'm. I can be sold as you guys know. But I, I read. If this, you feel like it works, then it works. I feel like that's part of it too. I read that study and I went, well, can't buy one of those. I don't want to undo any of the work that I mean, I've done. When I go to the beach and it's like 64 degrees, the water, I'll like get the toe in and run out and put my toes back in and run out because <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do cold water. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that like when we go Never to camp. Never going to do a polar plunge? No. no I see those people me, who do that me, and they jump into the icy, the icy ugh. stream or the icy lake in winter and they all look so happy and I... I can't even understand that. I don't even want to go watch people doing that. You know, I did read something, too, that said try an ice bath maybe before your workout, which is insane to me. I mean, it all sounds insane to me. But, you know, I think I think like Joe Musgrove probably swears by an ice bath. They sit in those things for like 20 minutes. Um, but I, I'd also read in the last couple of years, if you've got small kids and stuff, my, when I was growing up, when Ben was growing up, maybe Polly too, when you get done throwing 100 pitches, man, I had a sleeve that I had. Fair was, enough. I don't. They push, say don't even ice I don't your arm push anymore. Myself to you know great extents where I think I'm taxing my body tremendously. You know, I do my Peloton, my light workouts. I don't lift super heavy weights, just enough to kind of get the muscles going and, and toning. But I'm not super sore after workouts. And yes, maybe I'm not getting as much out of it then. I'm not making huge strides, but I don't want to have that super. Long recovery time. I'm not yeah, throwing 108 pitches like Joe Musgrove. Yeah, is. and but they say now even don't you don't even ice your arm after you you throw, which I'm like that, that blew my mind because hmm. that was the you ran to the freezer when you were a kid and threw your so ice you through anything. No, or is it nothing? Well, there's always the debate, ice or heat. And, no, that they say ice is like the worst one. But again, I don't know, so I'm asking uh, for help from our tier. Well, ones. I can I can give all this information to uh, the guy who wants to interview me now <laughs> about arm recovery. Please do. Please, please do. But I want to. <laughs> Megan says, Paul, please start showering in the morning. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm showering at night. I don't. Why do you need to? I Again, I shower in the afternoon. Once a day seems like plenty. I do it after I work out. That seems like you have to shower after you work out. I just can't get going without it. I, I, it's my. I can't. But then I you shower again after you after work, work out, out. So you yeah. have to shower twice a day. No, I get to shower twice. A day. Oh. That's how I look at it. I don't, enjoy the shower. Don't let it go mistaken. Like if I, go, I'm playing basketball after the show today. Like I will shower right after that, and then I'll probably shower again tonight. I saw where I Shannon just don't sh- like waking up earlier, like ten minutes earlier to take the shower. I can do it right before I go to bed and get into bed. I can't focus. My bed's not dirty. Like I can't focus with unless I'm showered and have the routine down in the morning. I saw where Shannon Sharp brushes his teeth. Five to seven times a day. That seems excessive to me. I, I thought hmm. so as well. What are you guys? Twice? Twice. Twice yeah. a day. Yeah. Five sometimes sometimes thrice. Sometimes. You get to thrice. Uh huh. Sometimes. Dep- depends on what you're eating. He, I guess. he had it's like stuck. I mean he's on TV and, and maybe I should do it more, but maybe he, I should too. He's like every time before he's on camera, and that's usually a couple times a day when he gets up, when he goes to bed, after breakfast as well. That's a good one. You know, like first when you get up and then after breakfast again, like twice in the morning. That seems like a lot. I wonder. I wonder. I don't know that I brush my teeth every morning. I don't. I do it at, the, at night. So you do it once often, a day. Guy. No, but then I'll often do it when I shower. Yeah. Which is usually in the afternoon before I go to work on television. I definitely brush every morning. If I'm going to forget, it would be at night. 
I can't go to bed without brushing my teeth. I it's like a must. Before I I won't even be able to fall asleep if I haven't if I haven't brushed my teeth. I've definitely last thing the before night I go before. to bed. Yeah, I've probably skipped a day. Let's be honest. You probably we all we oh. all probably have skipped a day. I, I recently don't think I have in years. Really? Yeah. Just passed out and didn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I did, I woke up then an hour or two later, and and got up teeth. and went and brushed my teeth. It's amazing. Yeah, I just got a DM that said uh, ice delays healing by vasoconstriction. It can be used to reduce swelling, but you actually want inflammation for immediate repair. Okay, good. You just saved me probably what two hundred, three hundred dollars <laughs> from putting an ice bath in my backyard. And I'll just oh, continue. You to would be, have done it too. Oh, I, w- I Polly, I had my finger on the the button. I was like, man, look at this guy. Look at he's yoked. Leave and he's in, your in cart. there. Maybe you'll get a discount code, and then you'll get it. I saw Joe was like selling some on his his Instagram, and I'm like, well, if it's good enough for him, boy, you get me real good. I am a rube. I am an absolute rube. If anything is going to help me. Take a shortcut. Well, <laughs> that's what I want. Obviously, you've seen things evolve. When's the last time? Well, I guess pitchers don't hit anymore. But even in the, the last years when they did, they didn't really keep putting the jackets on anymore mm-hmm. when they went out to run the bases. Remember when we were a kid? They ran And it a pitcher out. got on the first such base. It was eyewash. It was so They'd funny. run out with a jacket on <laughs> so he wouldn't get cold out there while he was running the bases. And I always thought... This is San Diego. It's you're good. It's, it's seventy three degrees yeah. tonight, and you're they're running out there with a jacket for you just so you can run the bases. Yeah, Rafa says this is how cold the stove is. You're talking about showers at eight a.m. Yeah, we usually like this is more of a, a reset the the vibe. But you're not wrong. I mean, it's you're not wrong. It's slow. We are are waiting. What are they talking? I mean, they're talking to AJ Hinch right now on MLB Network. I know. So. I know where the winter meetings are. They're in Nashville. I get it. But they did like a full 15-minute segment last hour on MLB Network with some country singer that I've never heard of playing his guitar, Brian Kenny sitting there dancing. I'm like, wow. We need need some news. Everyone's losing (laughs) it a little bit. Uh, The Guzzinator says, I've got some magic beans that will guarantee Soto stays with San Diego. Do you want to buy them woods? Yes. I will Venmo you immediately. That is something I would buy from an Instagram targeted ad. Um, can we talk a little bit about our friend Ryan Phillips? Sure. And his his piece yesterday in the big lead stands in stark contrast to some of the other things you're reading about the San Diego Padres. He's got either different sources or a different perspective on everything that's going on, but it He's really a, a lone voice right now when it comes to some Padres reporting. There's the the traditional media, the national media. They're saying one thing. Ryan says a whole different thing, and I wanted to get into a little bit of that coming up uh, next as the Padres uh, make their plans here for the offseason. We'll talk about that coming up after a check of traffic. Be right back with more. Bennett Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Ryan Phillips on uh, frequently over the years, good buddy of ours from TheBigLead.com, and does more Padres writing on that site, probably because he lives here in San Diego, and you know he's a Padres fan, so 
And I don't want to say that the, I'm a Padres fan, and I don't think that means I have no credibility in talking about the team, but I think it's very interesting that Ryan Slant, his reporting, and it's more than just opinion, because he has sources that I know he has sources oh, yeah. inside the organization that are feeding him information. So does Ken Rosenthal, so does Dennis Lynn, and so do A.J. Casavell. They all have sources, some are the same, some are different. But whatever Ryan's sources tell him, definitely a little bit different than what the national narrative has been. The national narrative, very clear. Padres are under a mandate to cut payroll. We're broke. We're going bankrupt. Padres yeah. need to get you know $50 million off the books, get down to around $200 million or less. The debt service rules, they're getting squeezed, and, and that's why they almost certainly have to trade Juan Soto. Ryan's reporting has been very different. He acknowledges that, yes... The Padres are lowering payroll, but that that two hundred million dollar payroll level that's being reported, it's not some hard and fixed number that the Padres have to get to. In fact, he wrote in the big dot com that that what he hears is that two hundred and twenty million is actually very, very doable, very possible, even very likely for the Padres next season. And at that level, they certainly could keep Juan Soto and still add some pitching for next season if that's the direction that A.J. Preller wants to go. The The headline is Newsflash. The Padres don't have to trade Juan Soto. Now, maybe you know his his sources are trying to push a little bit of that agenda to try to drive up the price on Juan Soto as well. That is something that happens in all elements of the media. You get used by your sources. They Sometimes they tell you, right, Right info, sometimes they tell you info that is at least uh, slanted in a way that gets the outcome that they want to get in the end. And and Ryan's reporting has been, uh, you know, well-explained, well-reasoned, well-opinionated. He also mentions that there is a, um, a TV deal in the works, a new TV deal currently being worked on that could have multiple components and could very well affect the financial outlook for the Padres in 2024. I haven't heard much about a new TV deal myself. That was fairly new information coming out of the biglead.com. So you got to you got to keep an eye on all sources out there, all reporting, you know, take all of it with a grain of salt. If you just read everything in the offseason at face value, you're not I don't think you're a savvy baseball fan. Who's saying it? Why are they saying it? Who is talking to that person? Everybody has agendas and you have to try to separate the truth from the misdirection this time of year. Yeah, I like the, I like this part, and he's right about this part. He says, buried in the Athletics article about that $50 million the Padres needed was the fact that loans like this are standard operating procedure for Major League Baseball franchises. MLB teams commonly tap into lines of credit to pay their bills, prompting some officials in the sport to suggest any concern should be tempered because the Padres were ultimately credit-worthy enough to draw the loan. That's one thing that people do forget. You can't just get a $50 million loan without some assurance that you can pay it back. Right. So. Yeah, and and given the context of Peter's passing after the loan was taken out, yeah. and knowing the uncertainty that was probably hanging over the franchise at that moment, I can understand why the group of investors that owns the San Diego Padres 
would say at that moment, let's let's just get the loan, figure it out, let's and then figure the it out later. You know, and then we, we'll 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 be able to handle this from a better perspective, maybe in a few months when we have a little more certainty. Unfortunately, but, with with you know the direction of the organization, who's going to be our control person? What's going on? What's Peter's status? Unfortunately, you know that I think that all played into the you know the financial decisions that the Padres were making over the last few months. And you know, every team is going to have to reset at some point. You know, every team is going to want to get under it. They don't want to pay the penalties. I don't really blame them uh, for that. So now it, it it behooves A.J. Preller now to try to find a way to build and build on this momentum that, that he has helped create here in San Diego. That's the that's the tough, toughest part of the gig because if you do keep Juan Soto, Ben, and let's say you're not – you know, I saw something the Royals have $30 million to spend this offseason. My initial thought, based on everything I've been reading and probably consuming too much of, was, oh, good, they have more money to spend in free agency than we do. Now, I don't know that. I don't know that. We had heard that before. I vividly recall you know, it being reported last year the Padres had $20 million to spend, 25 maybe. Uh, they blew well past that. I'm hoping something similar um, – Happens, but I also hope that they're they're smart about it. Um, I'm not playing Colonel Budget here at all. But at some point, you know, Ryan makes the point too. Eventually, as the the guys from the lower levels comes up come up and they're making the league minimum, some uh, you don't have to go out and get fifteen, sixteen, twenty million dollar players to fill out your roster, which has been. You know that's that's been the the mo of AJ Preller, uh, and it hasn't really worked to this point. So I, I mean, I I feel like from a completely financial independent standpoint as a Padres fan I would love to see some of these young players come up and produce I think that would be exciting for the San Diego Padres organization an injection of some new younger blood not because they're cheap but because I feel like the Padres need a little bit of that what the Texas Rangers had last year and you'll never get it if all you ever do is trade away your prospects For, no, it'll never happen. For proven players. I get it. We love proven players, and they're a little more reliable. But if you keep doing that and never give your own guys a shot, you're just riding the same merry-go-round over and over and over again. And at Man. some point, you have to roll the dice with your own prospects and, and hope that they're as good as you think that they are coming up and give them a chance to maybe struggle a little bit, find their footing, and become legitimate Major League Baseball players. And this is the path that the Padres are going to be on for a couple of seasons. And we're lucky that they also have a couple, a number of huge stars that can play alongside these yep. guys as they're coming up that should keep them very competitive and you know entertaining while they are you know developing some of these players that are coming up as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're 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 dead on there. And I do wonder. Don't you guys wonder what it um, would have been like for the Texas Rangers? Had that September swoon continued, had them falling off that cliff in September, and they ended, I mean, they lost the division on the last day of the season. What if they never made the playoffs? And that was that was likely. Like, it wasn't, like, it felt like, oh, my God, this could actually happen. Would they be, they would have to be in some sort of financial dire straits that we are in as well. Missing the playoffs last year murdered us. Murdered us. Is Bruce Bochy on the hot seat? <laughs> Not so anymore. His seat is an ice bath. He is sitting right now literally in an ice bath. So you couldn't get a cooler seat than his. But just think about that. They spent an ungodly amount of money and they threw throwing that much money at Jacob DeGrom, guys, 
is not they, they smart look, baseball. I they mean, look in, like geniuses. In, in early September, they looked like a cop. A hundred percent. And people were like, well, see, this you can't do it this way, right. apparently. They figured it out. They got in. They damn near backed in. And then they went out and they won the whole thing. In conclusion, uh, Ryan Phillips writes, Yes, I know New York Yankees fans and beat writers have convinced themselves the Padres are backed into a corner and will have to accept trading Soto for a fifth starter and a group of prospects New York doesn't want. That's simply not the case. The Padres have plenty of leverage in these talks because, again, they don't have to move Soto if they don't get what they want. Will Juan Soto be a member of the Padres on opening day? There's no way to know right now. But the idea that the franchise has to make a deal as soon as possible is a silly, simplistic narrative that has no basis in reality. I sure hope so. I sure hope that that, that whole thing is is not true. That, well, you can't do anything until you move him, so you best move him. I feel like if that were the case... Based on how things are going in Major League Baseball, I feel like if that were the case, they would have just pulled the trigger Friday night on the Clark Schmidt deal and said, oh, we got what we could. We talked about it earlier. If you're, if, Paulie, if I hamstring you so badly. If that so does badly, happen, how are you going to eat your hair? I'll just cut some off and eat it. You don't have to eat all of it. No. Just some of it. Eat, some, eat my hair. Because you said eat your hair. Yeah. If I eat one hair, that's still eating that's my enough. hair. But okay. you know just I'm not going to just eat semantics. one hair. I'll eat one hair right now. I don't care. Uh, we talked about it earlier with Shohei Otani. I think that's a huge factor in the Juan Soto sweepstakes. If Otani signs this week, like everybody, all the national media is saying, it could happen any day this week with Otani. That once he's off the board, that drives the Juan Soto market up. Sure. Well, so I would expect. If the Padres decide they want to move Juan Soto, it would happen. I don't know within a couple but, of days the, of, of the, Otani signing. The difference, though, Paulie, is. If you leave, if you trade Juan Soto, how much are you, you saving? Thirty three million. Mm-hmm. If you trade him in a week, if if you're really dumping him for money, right to save money, so that that would allow you to go do other things. When well, does it? What does it really matter? Take it for what it's worth. AJ Preller was asked that exact question yesterday on High Heat. He said, "We're not tr- making trades for just need. for need." Yep. Th- there's a reason why they use the the first domino to fall metaphor, and I know this is a bit of Ben explaining, but we we talk about it all the time. Are you about to Ben's playing? Are dominoes? you about to say you have you ever seen dominoes stacked up? It does happen quickly because once the first move happens, it creates an urgency sure. for the other moves. Once you don't get Otani, all of a sudden, if you lose out on Soto, you're going, There's no more superstars out there. And the move would likely, you know, happen fairly quickly after that, which leads, of course, to the next move happening fairly quickly after that. Like a series of of dominoes that are set up that are now falling one after another. Do we all we understand that? Mm-hmm. Okay, just making yeah, sure. I think, I think I think we all got it. Okay, just 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 checking. Mm. Words have meaning. They do. <laughs> they do. Okay. Uh, let's take a timeout as we uh, we reset from a that timeout. Moment. Means is what you want to do is you want to take a little break. Right when you take a time, you take a little break, exactly. and then you come back. Just take yeah. a breather, like during a sporting event. Timeout. When they call a timeout, they usually go back to the huddle for a couple of minutes. That's, That's right. what we're going to do. We're going to huddle. Yeah, going to come back. We're AJ, play some commercials. AJ Casaville want to promote. We're actually products. in a bit of a holding pattern. AJ's may join us next. He's in a meeting. We may oh, push him back that. until He's nine o'clock. He's in a work meeting. Yeah, he said it could end at any minute. If okay. that were to happen, he'll join us. next. But if the meeting ends, then the first domino falls, which then leads oh, to God. AJ. Casavell joining us 
coming up on the show. I'm just going to say goodbye for a moment on 97.3 The Fan. Here we go. Have you heard your name yet in our biggest fan contest? If not, maybe today is your day. Next name coming up at 9.15 this morning. If you hear it, you'll have a chance to call us back and qualify for a night in the Odyssey Suite next season with friends, family, and 97.3 The Fans hosts. The biggest fan contest is presented by the San Diego Seals. Tickets are on sale now at sealslax.com. By the way, have you warmed up your voice yet for the uh, start of Seal season? I was actually up. thinking about it last night that I kind of need to do that uh, because it's a tremendous, tremendous strain on the old pipes. And uh game is Saturday night. Very excited about it. Now I got excited again. This happened to me last time, and I got my heart broken. I told you the news this morning. So our in-game reporter is Rain Michaels. She is the daughter. How does she spell it? R-A-I-N-E. Okay. Rain Michaels um, is our in-game reporter. She does kind of the, you know, Coach Merrill, what's working? You know, that bit. <laughs> Sideline reporter. She's awesome. She's the daughter of Brett Michaels, of Poison and Rock of Love, <laughs> and for me, Poison. I mean, I grew up as a hair metal kid when I was, you know, little. And uh, like Every Rose Has Its Thorn is one of my favorite songs of all time. <laughs> To this day, you can get some if you want to, Polly. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say no. So last year, he was supposed to come to a game. And I was all excited. And I had some magazines that were old, left over from the 80s. I wanted him to sign one for me, a record I wanted him to sign. And he was supposed to come, and, and I was mistaken. He didn't. So I was very bummed. The whole season goes by. Never makes it to town. He was touring. Well, now... So I saw that he was in Arizona, like yesterday. And I went, well, Arizona's awfully close. Awfully close to San Diego. So I DM'd my friend Rain, who I work with, my co-worker. Said, hey, are we going to get your dad out to a game this year? And she said, opening night. And I go, okay, all right, okay, okay, okay. i got to get my hair cut. i got to get my eyebrows done. i got to get just ready to go. i got to get... Fully in the mode. Because I loved this band when I was a little kid. I mean, I was little. It was like seventh grade. Poison, Warrant, Rat, all of it. It was such a metal hit. Here we go. Every rose has its thumb. You know what? It sure does. Yeah, that rose. song is not very metal, though. No, but That's they all ballad. had a That's power. That's a great they, song. You had, that was the thing. You had the we party, Absolutely we like to rage. Fits. And then you have your ballad. And that's what makes you all your money. They weren't they weren't right they weren't writing songs Ben like Crosby Stills and Nash like it, let's change the world people no they were writing songs about let's party let's drink let's have fun late things like the, of that nature 
And it was fun. It was a good time atmosphere. And being, then being born in 1990, I knew he was a musician. I yes. knew those songs. But you knew him. But from I knew him as Rock of Rock Love. of Love. Same with my wife. Just my incredible. As far as bad reality TV, yeah, goes. right. <laughs> so so you couldn't stop it. Allegedly, he's going to be. So I get this news last night at eight forty-five. Well, I can't sleep now. <laughs> I'm in the room. I'm pulling out my old circus magazines. I'm looking for the big. I'm getting my record handy. My wife is looking at me, going, "You're you're out of your mind." And I'm drumming, listening to Poison in bed, and I just got excited because if I get to meet him. I mean, my band when I was a kid, we used to cover those songs. Like, it would be it would be amazing. If me. you meet him, invite him to the holiday extravaganza. Too. <laughs> it would be the greatest appearance. Of, <laughs> I, like, what do you charge? I don't have it, but what do you charge to come in and jam every rose for our our tier ones? Man, he's uh, Bobby Cressy and Brett Michaels together. The combo what that a duo. I, I need it. I absolutely need it. But so he'll allegedly be there. I hope I didn't let anything out of the bag. If I did, nobody told me uh, differently. But yeah, so Saturday night, Pachanga. Arena. I mean, he's not like a head of state. I doubt he needs to come with Secret Service protection. It's a seals game. <laughs> but I, if they had something planned and I just blew it, I don't oh. know. I, I don't know. I hadn't heard anything. So they wow. don't. They keep me out of the loop on a lot of stuff. I just show up, do <laughs> my job, is he sing the national anthem, or? potentially, <laughs> potentially. So um, that is potentially going to be happening on Saturday. I'm a wreck. Like I'm an absolute wreck. And I DM'd her last night. I go. All right, well, please don't let him leave the building without, you know, me hugging him, maybe kissing him on the cheek, <laughs> telling him how fantastic he's getting a couple things signed. Uh, but, yeah, so that's going to be fun on Saturday night and uh, going to rage and, and scream and bang on the glass, let it all out. It's always a fun time. All right, AJ Casavell just updated us. He is going to join us at the top of the hour at 9 o'clock. I did promise. I wanted to get to some of that AJ Preller sound from yesterday. A yep. couple of cuts in particular about finding pitching and about Trent Grisham that I wanted to play. We'll do that right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Let me, let me start with, because we talked to Sammy when he joined us, Sam Levitt, last hour about the Trent Grisham trade rumors and it feels as though it's more than just being attached to the uh the Yankees trade proposal they need outfielders they need they need help in outfield and and Trent Grisham might be someone who in addition to Juan Soto could fit for the New York Yankees it's not really a salary dump I, I understand that Trent Grisham doesn't hit at all which makes for some fans paying him a dollar feel like he's being overpaid because he hits 177 but that the defense the defense that he brings still plays and it's going to have value around baseball for what he does but for the padres with some younger players coming up it may be time for trent grisham to move on here's what aj had to say about uh, potential trent grisham trade rumors yeah i mean i think uh, you know again i assume talking about grisham and, and trent's name out there i think again like you know trent you know obviously like the last couple years offensively you know he hasn't performed like he's like we know he's capable of him what he did in 2020 and 2021 2019 for that matter but he's a gold glove center fielder he impacts the game every day i think we all see it when we're watching him play so um you know again he's it's it's tough to find you know especially in petco the value of defense and the ability to play you know, play center field defense i think we value that you know uh strongly you know, I do think that the you know the emergence of some younger players in the minor leagues, Jacob Marcy, and and you know we have we have some guys that can play in the middle of the diamond, play some center field for down the road. Um, you know that becomes a conversation, but you know everyday big big league players they're they're tough to find, and 
you know, again, we're going we're gonna to value those guys quite a bit. All right, AJ to English translation on that one, at least for me. Trent Grisham is movable at this point. Yep. We're not going to give him away because we know teams are, are desperate even for a good defensive center fielder. They're not... They're not everyday commodities, so don't just ask for nothing, but he is available. We are looking to the future, and we're going to probably play some of our prospects like Jacob Marcy out there at some point this season, and we will figure it out. But if the right offer is made, Trent Grisham is absolutely available at this moment. Got to be pretty excited if you're Jacob Marcy hearing that yesterday from the uh, name drop from getting name drop from the, the GM. Um, yeah, I mean we we talked to Arizona Fall League MVP. Yeah, we, he's coming off a very you know hot a, a hot month of uh, September October that he had. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's very young, you know, very young player, but uh, it's going to be exciting. I, I would it, I would like you to bonk me over the head and wake me up when we are in the car on the way out to spring training, so that I know what this roster looks like because it, it does lend itself to a lot of possibilities, a lot of what ifs. You know, who's gonna who's gonna break with the team? What what young players are going to have an impact? How many guys is he going to trade for? I mean, it's all out there, and and this is this is what every team goes through. Most teams uh, this time of year, it's different here. It's different. I mean, it could be you could turn over seven, eight guys, and you wouldn't even blink an eye. We heard that Fernando Tatis Jr. The plan right now is for him to stay out in right field. If if you trade Trent Grisham, and you're not ready to promote Jacob Marcy or a young player yet, are you okay? With Sugar, Jose Azokar, at least for a, a couple of months, until the trade deadline, until Marcy is ready to come up, Manning center field on an another basis. If you're going to run Azokar out there, you might as well just leave Grisham out there. I mean, if I'm if I'm if I'm going, if sh- you can get if you can get a solid, you know, a, a solid bullpen piece or a a fifth or sixth starter so for Trent really Grisham, nice you save, off the bench. You guy, save five million to to put toward another potential pitching piece in this offseason. and and as Ocar becomes your stopgap until he probably returns to being that utility backup role that you had him in last season. I mean, he had nice stretches. He played a point one player, more player. I, I'm I'm not saying he's uh, your center field of the future. I'm saying, can he be your center fielder for three months? That's a long time, dude. That's a third of the season. You have half you, of the season. If you trade Trent Grisham, then don't you have to go out and acquire another center fielder? You do. Then why are you trading Trent Grisham? You're not going to find anyone that's considerably less expensive, right? That's kind of what I was just saying. I mean, like, if you're if trying to find if someone, that's your option, then you just keep if you're Grisham. trying to find someone who hits 50 points higher in average than Trent Grisham, then you can play Jose Azokar. What was his batting average? 251, I think. 75 points higher than Trent Grisham out there. Yeah, limited. You know, limited time. Yes, certainly. I mean, um, but it's not. It's not as though you don't have an option out there. I'm sorry, two thirty one. My bad. Fifty point, like as I said, fifty points higher than Trent Grisham hit last OBP year. OBP of two seventy eight <laughs> strikes out. You know, a uh, good amount. OPS plus of seventy eight. No, I'm not. I'm not putting him out there for th- three months. That's ninety days. That's that's eighty some so, odd games. There's no so, chance. But I don't then, know that you can put Grisham out there for ninety days. At least I'm going to get defense. Get some walks. Get some walks and some some bombs from time to time. I don't look. I mean, I'm I'm down to explore better options, but I don't. Th- I think Jose Ozocar is a perfect fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder. 
I don't think he's. I don't know that he's a starter. I, I don't think he's a long term starter. But I don't know that. I, mean, I, I wish he was. I, I wish wanna, he was the next guy. I, I don't think. The, I don't think the Padres can spend a lot on a center fielder right now. No. And if you're trying to save money on Grisham, and that means you're going to leave Tatis and right. You know, if you leave Tatis and right, you probably you do need to to find somebody that can fill that hole until. A Marcy's ready, as he mentioned, but I, you know, you never hear. He didn't say, "No, no, we're fine. If we get rid of of Grish, we've got a Zocar ready to go." He never said that. So, you know, that tells me something. No, as well. but you also don't go out and acquire a center fielder and sign to a two year deal if your idea is Marcy is going to be your starter by August or so. You can't you can't block him by signing a guy and spending a bunch of money on someone. You have to have a stopgap for a while. And I'm all I'm asking you is, is is Zokar good enough to be a stopgap for three or four months if that's what you need before I, you're going to the younger guys? When I hear stopgap, I think of so and so pulled his tweaked his groin. Sugar's going to have to play for a week. I don't think half a season would necessarily be a stopgap. I think you're the, he's the starting center fielder. I would hey listen, no, I love that kid. I do. I love the way he plays. I just don't know that he's good enough to do that on an everyday basis. I mean, I guess we'll see, but I don't. I don't think that's in their plans either. Uh, I really don't. I don't think that's even something that they would consider. Um, but you know, I've been wrong before. I will be wrong. Again. I will go out on a limb and I will predict that at least for like opening day, he's there. Jose Azucar will be in center field for the Padres I don't think in twenty twenty four. Take your money. We'll start our ten dollar bet. Little ten dollar bet here. Starting center fielder is our last season's right fielder. Could be still. very well. Could be, but I I don't know, man. I I I don't think that that's. I would love it if it were. Like I said, I, if he were the incumbent or the heir apparent, I would be. Now, so, so now maybe you don't just get pitching back if you do trade Juan Soto. Maybe there's an outfielder that comes back, and if it's not a left fielder, maybe there's someone who plays center field. It's not. It's not something that couldn't change over the next, you know, couple of months, obviously. But I don't see you going out and directly replacing Trent Grisham if you trade Trent Grisham. I think that you are hoping that Jacob Marcy or another of your young players takes over that role sooner rather than later. Maybe June. Maybe they they feel like they can move him along a little bit faster, get him to the big leagues. And there will be struggles. You have to accept that as a Padres fan, that when you bring up young players, not going to kill it from day one and never struggle in their career. Fernando Tetis Jr. is one of the only players that has really, for the most part, done that and never really had a prolonged yeah, We bring all-stars struggled for the vast majority right. of the last two years. Well, so We also bring all-stars here and they struggle. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, I got... Somebody- if you're going to get struggles from the center fielder position, I would like to see it from somebody that you at least believe in could be your future guy. I yeah. agree. I agree. But you have to be able to wear those struggles a little bit. And I know when you're competing and you're trying to make the playoffs, it's harder to do that. Like we may be costing ourselves a game or two with this guy out there because he's not quite ready yet. But sometimes it's worth it in the long run to let him make a couple of mistakes to learn and then make up that ground later in the season, hopefully. Because if you just give up on guys right away, you're never going to get anything out of your farm system. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I don't think there's a wrong answer here, uh but I I just don't think that that sugar is is a part of your everyday lineup until maybe you go out and trade some for somebody better at the deadline or you add Marcy and now he's ready after a couple of months in in you know double A I just don't know I just don't know that that's the uh that's the plan I've never heard anything like that like I've never heard them say 
we're fine because he's here. You know, that's it. All right, we will have A.J. Casavell joining us from Nashville when we come back. More from baseball's winter meetings as Ben and Woods continues on a Tuesday on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.